1: Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State, Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Keogunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame! Plus, fighting Irish hockey. They score!
2: Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game!
1: The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT Radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett.
2: And a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat from 960 AM WSBT, a live stream available at wsbtradio.com, on our free WSBT radio app, and our Twitch app is back and rolling once again. You can get the free Twitch app. Search Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And you'll be able to listen and also watch Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Sunshine in downtown South Bend on this Thursday, October the 6th of 2022. It's going to start getting a little cooler tomorrow. At a high of around 70 today. Tomorrow just a high of 52 degrees with lake effect. Not snow, but Rain showers over the weekend, high of 55 on Saturday, high of 63 on Sunday, but we warm up once again Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The high temperature each day right around 70 degrees. We are getting set for Notre Dame football, a home game on the road. The Irish in Vegas Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff South Bend time. 2-2 2-2 two and two, Notre Dame. They've won two in a row, taking on 4-1 and one, Brigham Young University. They have won two in a row since stumbling in Eugene, losing to Oregon 41-20. Coming up on the program this evening, the Irish are now at 84 scholarship players after a player has elected to leave the football team. Details on that coming up in just a little bit. Our Twitter question of the day allows you to be a prognosticator how well the Irish will do in the month of October. Also, we'll talk some National Football League since week number five gets underway tonight out in the mile-high city of Denver. It'll be the Denver Broncos taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Denver favored by three-and-a-half points in this contest involving two teams that are looking to find any sort of offensive firepower. They have both been shooting blanks so far this year. Colts and Broncos tonight. Normally we have Thursday night football here on WSBT Radio. Not tonight. We have to protect our sister station just down the hall to the right. That's where one the ton is located. And that's where Colts football is is located. Colts and Broncos pregame coverage on 96.1. The ton starts at 730, opening kickoff at 815. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, which is the only way really to watch the game, there are some other options. The Twitch app has some alternatives, but Colts and Broncos for sure on the good old radio. 96-1 the ton tonight starting at 7.30. The My 5 question of the day, the top five things the Irish offense needs to do to have a good day against BYU. It's Thursday, so I will go through my Notre Dame opponent rankings. We take the 12 regular season opponents of the Fighting Irish and we handle them like an AP poll. We rank them from 12 until 1, and we will wrap up the program with my attempt to handicap Colts and Broncos. I can tell you right now, the Broncos have been my team since I was a kid. I couldn't tell you what's going to happen tonight because I've missed the spread on every Bronco game this year. I've been on the wrong side every time. So Colts fans, I have great news for you. You're 1-2-1 and one. And I'll tease my pick. I've got the Broncos winning. So (laughs) with the way things have gone this year with my picks, you've got us right where you want us. I think probably the Colts will win since, once again, I'm always on the wrong side of my Denver picks. But we'll take care of those coming up later on in the program here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: The first pitch, of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Of- Into the windup, and his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
2: All right, we start with our first pitch, which is the Notre Dame football team is down a player, specifically... Along the defensive line, but if you're going to lose a player, this isn't a bad spot. Here's the news of the day. Fighting Irish defensive tackle Jacob Lacey has decided to leave the football team. He is no longer a member of the Notre Dame football program. He will finish the semester in school. According to Marcus Freeman, he'll get his degree but Lacey will have to wait until the transfer portal opens. It's usually the first week in December after all the conference championship games have taken place. Lacey can then officially go into the transfer portal and look for a new home. Now, why is he making the decision now? Let's keep in mind, there's always a conversation about younger players. Do you play them four games or not? Once you go by that number, then you can start playing them full-time. You've got them for the year. That clock has started. But for Lacey, he's going to leave Notre Dame with two years of eligibility. He's played four games. He's stopping, which means he preserves a year of eligibility. So you don't want to quit the team after week five or game five, then it counts as a full year. Lacey stopping now means he has two years of eligibility remaining when he finds a new school. What has Lacey done this year? Well, in four games, the backup defensive tackle has five tackles and two sacks. I mentioned this is a pretty good spot to lose a player if you're going to have to lose a player. At defensive tackle, your starter is Jason Adamiola. My goodness, Howard Cross, the backup, has played like a starter so far this year. You also have the Harvard transfer, Chris Smith, in the rotation, and Gabriel Rubio. So the Irish are still in pretty good shape four deep at defensive tackle, even though Jacob Lacy has decided to leave the football team. Marcus Freeman held his Thursday Zoom call today, and that was the most important piece of information to come out of that Zoom call. Here is Freeman addressing the departure of Lacey and also what I just talked about. The Irish have a lot of bodies they can use right now at the defensive tackle spot.
3: Yeah, he's uh, no longer part of the team. Um, he'll look to transfer uh, probably at the end of the season after the semester's over. Uh, and that's about it. I think you'll see um, Chris Smith playing a little bit more, who, who, again, it's just a position that's extremely deep. And the deepest tackle position right now is 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 one of the deepest positions we have on our team. And so Chris Smith will play a little bit more. Um, but you'll see a guy like Gabe Rubio playing more. Um, you know, Jason Anye will now probably move from scout team. He's moved from scout team to, you know, getting reps with the, the defense. And so um again, Lacey was a, a, a great player, you know, Lacey did a lot of great things for us, but it's a deep position and, and um, he made a decision um, that ultimately he felt was best for him, and, and we're respected. We love Jacob. And, you know, the best thing about it is he leaves here with a degree in his hand. And, and that's what I want for these young men is that if you decide to leave in, in, in hopes of going somewhere and playing more, don't, don't, don't waste this opportunity to earn a degree from this university. And so he did that. But, you know, again, you'll see Chris Smith play more. You'll see uh, uh, Gabe Rubio for sure. Both of those two play a lot more.
2: Really interesting to think back a few years ago. I know I've mentioned this before in talking about Jacob Lacey, but my good friend and longtime colleague, Eric Hansen, we were sitting at a Notre Dame Football Pro Day a few years ago, and then Fighting Irish defensive line coach Mike Elston was roaming around and he came down and sat by Eric and I. And he could not stop talking about Jacob Lacey, this new guy on the football team. He was very, very excited about the potential of Lacey. And he felt like at the time that, hey, this might be one of my best defensive linemen this year as a freshman. Well, for whatever reason, the expectation and the reality were totally different. That expectation of Elston never really showed up on the football field. Now, you have to practice well to play in games. And right now, there were just several defensive tackles that had moved by Jacob Lacy the last couple of years. And he found himself in a position where he was not getting the amount of playing time maybe he thought he should have been getting or desired. And at this point, with the way guys are playing a defensive tackle, Lacey had to scratch and claw for some playing time. So this gives him the opportunity to pick a new school, fresh start, maybe a new coach at his position will bring something out of him. I mean, he's had great coaching here, Elston and Washington. Maybe somebody new can get through to him. Came into school as a highly touted player just for whatever reason. Did not work out here. So, Jacob Lacey, moving on. He'll stay in school for now, but no longer a member of the Fighting Irish football team. But with Anabiola, Cross, Smith, and Rubio, the defensive tackle position, Irish are still in really good shape. In fact, if this was the NFL, you could make a trade. You could trade a defensive tackle for maybe a wide receiver. That's how much depth they have right now at that spot. So Jacob Lacey leaving the football team was the top story coming out of Marcus Freeman's Thursday Zoom call. As we get set for the BYU game, the BYU defense has not been great stopping the run. You like the sound of that? So does Andre Kesteme. BYU is 93rd in the country in rush defense. They are giving up 162.6 yards per ball game. They will take on a Notre Dame team that ran wild against North Carolina a week and a half ago. 287 yards for the Fighting Irish. Over 100 yards in that game was Audric Estime, 5'11", The 227-pound wrecking ball, the sophomore, has now carried the football 54 times this year for 264 yards. He is averaging a tick under five yards per carry at 4.9. He has four rushing touchdowns, inches from a fifth, but fumble at the goal line at North Carolina. Estime has also chipped in three catches, for 43 yards and Audric Estime fresh off that 100-yard rushing game against North Carolina was under the spotlight this week. He was one of a handful of Notre Dame football players that had the chance to talk to the Notre Dame media and he was asked about that breakthrough performance that he had and really the entire rushing game had at North Carolina. Yeah, definitely.
4: The week, the game we just had is definitely for sure a confidence booster. I felt great for all of us because just all the hard work we put in finally got to pay off and show and we got to show the abilities that we have, so I feel like that's definitely a big confidence booster and a game that we're
2: definitely going to build off of. When you look at that game and the momentum that you had after that game, was having a bye week kind of bring you guys down some or change the energy level heading into
0: this week against BYU?
4: Nah, because that's just been the main emphasis to stay locked in no matter what. Because some teams, when they go over a bye, they put their guard down, but that's been Coach Freeman's main, main uh, goal is just to stay locked in no matter what. You got to play our butts off and it's just another week, another
2: opportunity. And the game against Cal, you know, Tyree had success, but in this game, all three of you guys had success. Each one of you saw the end zone. How good did that feel as a running back forward to, you know, have their success and be able to finally put all the pieces together? I just feels great to see your other
4: brother eating and you're eating and the whole line's eating it just feels great for all all the hard work that we've done is finally paying off what's that fine line between realizing that but also not getting too high on the confidence level coach Bruce pointing out you know obviously you got to make sure we're still dissecting everything to see where we can improve on because uh, like that main emphasis every week's a new week you got to bring it every week cause we can have a game like we did against Marshall, or, or but if we play a hard time we can have a game like we did UNC. So that every week's another week. You just gotta stick to your teaching, stick to your details, and just play a hard shot, and the scoreboard will show. someone had never seen Andre but play, how would you describe the way you play football? I feel like I'm a big physical back, but I'm a back that I can do it all, I can run around you, give you feel a little move, you a little stiff arm, so I feel like I'm just an all-around back. I can catch, I can pass, protect,
2: do, all, do it all. What's the offensive line been like these uh, the past two games The success that you guys have had behind those guys? Uh,
4: I feel like the offensive line is getting their confidence. They're starting to come together to play as a unit, and they're trusting their teaching for Koteen Stan, and they're just getting better day after day, week after week, and I'm just excited to see what they're going to be at the, at the end of the
2: season. Another emphasis that maybe not, has not gotten a bunch of notice is the blocking downfields. You guys have been successful in the wideouts, the tight ends, and just your line of moving downfield. How has that been a point of emphasis throughout this season so far? Uh, just being able to accomplish that goal to get to that next level.
4: Uh, this is the main emphasis has been everyone do your job. And receivers, when it's not a pass play, it's a run play. Their job is to block the block the man in front of them, and they've been doing a great job with Coach Stuckey getting on top of that. Is everyone just putting, playing their hearts out and doing their one of eleven? On <laughs> yeah. Uh really nothing in particular. Well, I guess the run game worked a lot, but nothing really particular
3: aspects of it that click in
4: that week that maybe you take. Uh I feel like inside zone worked a lot, but I just feel like it was just because of steam and defense they played, but inside zone duo, all those things right uh, worked a lot, but hopefully we could just keep on building off that.
3: So look at the said, look at PYU or things that maybe posed a challenge for you or something?
0: Oh, well, they're a good team,
4: they got a lot of good players, but I feel like their players don't match the players that we have. So if we just play our football, I feel like we should handle business.
0: After
2: a technical question, can you talk about vision, your vision when you're running the ball?
4: Oh, yeah, we just as a running back we in our room, we have a, we have some alignments. We have reads we got to make and the reads move a lot faster. And like from practice to the game, you just got to stay disciplined and dependable and do your job and the read will um, trust your read. and you'll make big things happen. So
2: what was it like getting out in the open and showcasing yourself?
4: Oh yeah, just so once you pass the read, once you pass second level, you just gotta do what you do, just be the, do what you, do what got you here and be the running back that you are, that's what I think, and just make plays happen. Where's kind of
1: Coach McCullough helped your game the most since he's
4: got here? I feel like he helped, helped me read, helped me read and pass protection, he really unfolded things. Like last year, I'm just blocking someone to block, but now he really dissects it and. It's the reason of why we're doing things that we do.
2: Some of the comments of running back Audric Estime becoming a big fan favorite here in South Bend and among Irish fans across the country. This BYU defense that Estime will face on Saturday. Has not been terrific. Now, they have played two pretty good football teams along the way. They faced Oregon and also Baylor. got thumped at home by Oklahoma State this week. They've lost a couple of times. Oregon's been pretty solid so far this year. Outside of getting manhandled by George, I guess. That can't be lost in the shuffle. But against... The regular group of teams in college football outside of the top three, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. They're in a different stratosphere at this particular time. But BYU's defense, they are giving up 26.4 points per game. One win, Utah State put up 26 on BYU at BYU one week ago tonight. BYU's defense, total yards is okay, 39th in the country at 338 yards per game, but as I mentioned a moment ago, their run defense is stale at 93 in the country, giving up 162 yards per game. Their pass efficiency defense, a little bit better than average at 56. They've not been able to do a lot of damage in the sack category. I feel like the Notre Dame offensive line is going to hold up to the challenge and give Drew Pine the time necessary to deliver the football. BYU tied for 83rd of the country in sacks. They have nine over their first five games. And finally, third down defense. Does BYU do a good job of getting off the field on third down? Again, a little better than average. Their third down defensive rate is 35.7%. That is good for 57th in the country. I know they've got one pretty good corner in Caleb Hayes. He's a guy maybe Notre Dame looks to avoid. Otherwise, I think you've got some opportunities in that secondary. Drew Pine has shown the ability to get the ball down the field against North Carolina. It'll be interesting to see what the game plan is taking on BYU Saturday night. In Vegas, 7.30 kickoff South Bend time here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It is now 29 minutes after 5 o'clock Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT radio. We're on the air until 7 o'clock tonight. Then it's the Marcus Freeman show here on WSBT radio. Coming up next, we've got our Twitter question of the day still to come. My NFL picks for week number five and what the Irish offense needs to do to have some fun in Vegas Saturday night. All coming up on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. In
1: 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022.
2: 534 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. We're also right now streaming live at WSBTRadio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and the Twitch app for Purdue Boilermaker fans or people who might have a financial interest in the Purdue Boilermakers taking the field this weekend. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell, according to Purdue head coach Jeff Brom, quote, Aiden has gradually improved, and I think he's feeling better and better, so I'm looking forward to getting him out there. O'Connell, in that win over Minnesota on Saturday, 20-10, to went 27-40 for 199 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. So, looking good for the senior Aiden O'Connell to get out there on the field. And they will take on a team that can put up some points on Saturday. It'll be Purdue at Maryland. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff on the Big Ten Network. But definitely the Boilermakers, I think, kind of threw the Big Ten West up in the air as if it didn't need any more help than that. With that win over Minnesota, it appeared Minnesota might be the premier team On that side of the conference, but Minnesota had not really played anyone of significance. Well, they played Purdue and the Boilermakers won 20 to 10. So, right now, you've got in the East, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, all 2 0 in the West. Right now, it is a six way tie for first place. Northwestern, Nebraska, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa. All 1-1, and the Wisconsin Badgers are 0-2. You've got Illinois and Iowa meeting in Champaign. It's going to be Northwestern and Wisconsin squaring off. It'll be the first time the Badgers take the field without their head coach, Paul Christ, who was fired after the matchup against Illinois last week. And Minnesota's got a tough one. They're at Penn State this week. And so the Big Ten West doesn't have the horses that you have on the other side with Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. But I think it's fair to say it's entertaining, and there's a lot of drama. We don't know exactly who's going to come out of that particular division. But good news for the Boilermakers. It looks like O'Connell will be good to go once again.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat Twitter Question of the Day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: All right, here we go with our Twitter question of the day. Yesterday's question, who is the best team in college football right now? Your three choices. Roll Tide, Alabama. Those hairy dogs down in Athens. The Georgia Bulldogs or the Ohio State University Buckeyes. You voted on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Coming in third place in the voting. Recency bias, is it a factor? This team struggled against Kent State at home. And then... Down by 10 at Mizzou on Saturday before, coming from behind to win. I'm talking about the Georgia Bulldogs. They only got 29.1% of the vote. Now, this was a tight vote, but Georgia third. Second place in the voting. From the Big Ten Conference, a team that we all saw take on the Fighting Irish in Week 1, and Notre Dame nearly took them down nearly doesn't get the job done. Ohio State won that game, and man, have they put up points ever since the Notre Dame game. Holy cow, we'll talk about that later. The Buckeyes got 34.5% of the vote. Who is the best team in college football right now, you believe, by a slight margin? The Alabama Crimson Tide, even with their quarterback Bryce Young's status up in the air. Young suffered the right shoulder injury. And the win at Arkansas on Saturday. But the Tide won the vote with 36.4% of the vote. Ohio State second at 345 Georgia third at 29.1%. We appreciate you voting as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you don't mind, can you vote again? Here is today's Twitter question of the day. After a drink of water. Okay. Today's question. Notre Dame went 2-2 two two in September. In October, they will play, of course, Saturday against BYU in Vegas. Then a home game against the Stanford Cardinal. They're 1-3. Then 4-1, and one, UNLV comes to town. And the month of October wraps up with a game at Syracuse. It's called something else now. I'm always going to know it as the Carrier Dome, so it's the Carrier Dome. So BYU in Vegas, home against Stanford, home against UNLV at Syracuse. Knowing that piece of information, what will Notre Dame's record be entering November? Again, they're 2-2 two and two right now with four games coming up. Your choices on our vote. Notre Dame will go 6-2 going into November, 5-3, 4-4, or a combination of 3-5 or 2-6. Again, Notre Dame, 2-2 in September. This month they'll play BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse. What do you think Notre Dame's record will be heading into November? 6-2, 5-3, 4-4, or... 3-5 and or 2-6. and I would love your vote. You can cast your vote right now by logging on to Twitter and searching my account at 960 Sportsbeat. Again, that's 960 Sportsbeat. I will say right now, based on the early returns, there's a lot of optimism surrounding this Notre Dame football team that was 0-2 a couple of weeks ago and facing, playing the rest of the year without their starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner. But now, they are 2-2 with Drew Pine. We'll see how your vote adds to the mix. We'll pass along the results tomorrow, and we will have a question ready to go for Friday, which will be a combination of who's going to win outright, who's going to cover the spread in the Notre Dame-BYU game. We always do that on Friday before the Irish play that's our Twitter question of the day for this Thursday more Notre Dame football talk to come I'll offer my keys for the Irish offense to get the job done against BYU we have my Notre Dame opponent rankings coming up in the 6 o'clock hour but straight ahead to the National Football League week 5 starts tonight there's a lot of horsepower on Thursday night Colts and Broncos some NFL picks for the weekend coming up and went 10 and 5 last week. Let's see if we can do a little better this week as we talk NFL next on WSBT.
1: You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT Radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren
2: Pritchett. Great to have you on board on this Thursday evening. Thursday night football in the National Football League. The Indianapolis Colts visiting the Denver Broncos. Two football teams that traded for veteran quarterbacks during the offseason. Two football teams whose offenses are stuck in the mud. These are two of the three lowest scoring teams in the NFL with the Bears sandwiched in between the two. The Colts will try to win in Denver tonight without their all-everything running back, Jonathan Taylor. Also, linebacker Shaq Leonard is out with a concussion and a broken nose. So the Colts are a slight underdog in Denver tonight. Have a feeling it's going to be a tight football game as Matt Ryan, the quarterback of the Colts, Russell Wilson, the guy in charge of that Bronco offense, Both are looking for answers to try to ignite their offenses. Denver's got a pretty good defense. The Colts feel like they're pretty solid as well. I think the over-under for this game is 42. Expected to be under almost every primetime game this year has been under. In fact, well over a majority of games in primetime, the game has gone under. So let's make some picks in the National Football League as we have already reached week number five. We'll start with tonight's matchup. The Colts at the Broncos, Denver favored by three and a half. Hey, I'm a Bronco fan, but I am not a homer right now. This football team does not look very good at this particular time. The Colts offensive line is really struggling, which is hard to believe because the Colts have invested more in that group than any other part of their football team, but no results as of yet. I'm gonna say the Broncos win the football game, although the Colts are one of the best teams to play on the road on a Thursday night. They're 10 and three all time, but I'm gonna say Denver takes the win tonight. Sunday morning from London. The New York football Giants are taking on the Green Bay Packers, the first time the Packers have ever played in London. The Packers are a heavy favorite by eight points. I think the Giants might cover here, but I'm going to say the Packers figure out a way to get it done with that quarterback that's not too bad in Aaron Rodgers. Steelers at Bills. Week one last year up in Buffalo, the Steelers stunned the Bills. Well, there's going to be a little revenge coming the way of Pittsburgh, who will start the rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett. I think the Bills route the Steelers in this game. There's some injuries for that Steeler defense that will not help them going up against Josh Allen. Not sure about Buffalo covering the 14, but the Bills are going to win this game. The L.A. Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. The Chargers favored by two and a half points. I'm going to say the Chargers They're gonna win this football game behind their quarterback, Herbert. I mean, Herbert versus Brissett at the quarterback position. I lean toward the Chargers. It is a home game for the Browns, but I think the Chargers eke out a win over Cleveland. Bears and Vikings up in Minneapolis. I've got the Vikings taking control of this game early and with the Bears difficulties to score, I think the Vikings win something like 20 to 10 over Chicago. Lions at Patriots, New England favored by three. New England might have to use their third-string quarterback. The Lions may not have Amon Ross St. Brown. They're all-everything wide receiver. And running back DeAndre Swift, St. Brown has been battling an ankle, Swift a shoulder. Neither one practiced today. But still, third-string quarterback. But you got Belichick against Campbell. I got to lean toward the Patriots winning that game. Seahawks at Saints down in New Orleans. Seahawks coming off a surprising win. A high scoring win over Detroit. I think the Saints at home take care of Seattle. New Orleans favored by five. The Dolphins at the Jets. Miami favored by three and a half in New Jersey. I'm taking the Jets and an upset. Teddy Bridgewater starting at quarterback for Miami. Zach Wilson and a bunch of really good rookies who are playing well right now for the Jets will propel them to the victory over Miami. So I will take the Jets over Miami. Falcons at Buccaneers. Tampa Bay favored by 8.5. Tom Brady has never lost to the Falcons, including that come-from-behind win in the Super Bowl when he was down 28-3 to in the third quarter. He is dealing with some sort of right arm or right shoulder injury. Buccaneers are a big favorite of the game. Buccaneers take care of business at home. This sounds like something from like a a movie about the history of the world, Titans at Commanders, Tennessee favored by two and a half. I'm going to take Washington in the upset over the Titans, Texans at Jaguars, Jacksonville. Are they the best team in the AFC South? You know what? They could be, and they will be a seven point favorite at home over Lovey Smith Texans. I like the Jaguars to cover here. I don't think the Texans can get enough offense going against Jacksonville. I'll take the Jags. 49ers at Panthers. San Francisco going across the country, a six and a half point favorite. Not sure they'll cover, but I like the 49ers behind their quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo to get it done against Baker Mayfield who has not looked great. Cowboys at Rams. The defending world champions favored by five and a half. Should we bet against Cooper Rush? He has never lost as a starter three times this year. One other time previously, he's 4-0. Rams have some issues right now along their offensive line. I think the Cowboys cover the five and a half. The Rams win a 24-23 type game. Eagles at Cardinals Philadelphia favored by five. A little bit of an off week for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense last week against Jacksonville. They bounced back against a very poor Cardinals secondary. I like the Eagles. Bengals at Ravens, a tricky game in Baltimore. The Ravens favored by three. They have blown two double-digit second-half leads at home this year. Bengals looked a lot better against the Dolphins last week. I'm going to see the Ravens win, but I'm not overly confident in that pick. And finally. We've got the Raiders and the Chiefs Monday Night Football right here on WSBT Radio. And it's going to be Kansas City a seven-point favorite. The Raiders picked up their first win of the year at home last Sunday over Denver. I still think there's some hard feelings in that Kansas City locker room from a couple of years ago when John Gruden, then the head coach of the Raiders, had the buses leaving Arrowhead do a victory lap around the stadium. Well, the Chiefs took care of business last year at home. And Patrick Mahomes in the locker room after the Sunday night went over Tampa Bay told his teammates, you know who's next. Kansas City is going to want to thump the Raiders. And I think they will put it to the Raiders by double digits. Chiefs will cover and Chiefs will win the football game. That is a look ahead at week five in the National Football League, which starts tonight. Colts and Broncos on 96-1 the ton. Pre-game at 7.30, opening kickoff at 8.15. We'll have Bears and Vikings on Quality Rock, Z94.3 FM, Sunday at 1 o'clock. And then here on WSBT Radio, Sunday night football, Bengals at Ravens, Monday night football, Raiders at Chiefs. The My Five is coming up in a couple of moments. Five things that the Notre Dame offense needs to do to have success against BYU. That's on the way. On your home of the Fighting Irish and the National Football League, Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat.
3: I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head, yeah. clearing too early. I'm clearing
2: too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. Cinderella boy, uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four,
1: please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: I'm Darren Pritchett, 625 Sportsbeat, brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, also presented by Four Winds Casinos. Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, Midland Engineering Company, the Mishawaka Education Foundation, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Legacy Heating and Air, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Pet Refuge, and South Bend Orthopedics. 35 minutes away from the start of the Marcus Freeman Show here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary on WSBT Radio this year. That's the Notre Dame football interview-based Saturday game day program with Tim Growl and Jim Irizarry. It's going to air from 2 until 4 o'clock this Saturday. And so far on the list of guests for this week, former Notre Dame All-American and New York Giants tight end, Derek Brown, former Fighting Irish and Kansas City Chiefs Pro Bowl center Tim Grunhard, former Notre Dame offensive tackle, spent 10 years in the National Football League, great kid Sam Young, also current head orthopedic physician for the Fighting Irish, Dr. Brian Radigan, live from Vegas, and there's a pretty good chance a couple of more guests will be added along the way but the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show from 2 until 4 this Saturday on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Tyler Horka and I will have Game Day sports be powered by Michael Ultra right after that show from 4 until 6.30. Kickoff, of course, at 7.30, Notre Dame and BYU on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Each week... I rank the opponents on the Notre Dame schedule, just like an AP or a college football playoff ranking. We rank the teams from 12 to 1. We talk about each of these football teams. If the Irish have played them, how's this team looking now? Also, we look ahead to a future opponent with our Notre Dame opponent ranking. So away we go with the top 12, and we start at the bottom. No change. It is still the United States Naval Academy coming in at number 12. The Midshipmen are a 1-3 and three football team. They played a very competitive football game in Colorado Springs against Air Force last Saturday. The Falcons eked out a 13-10 to 10 win. Navy actually threw the football 20 times in the game. They ran it 36 times for 114, 3.2 yards per carry. They just can't run it like they normally do. So Navy right now, one and three, and they will take on Tulsa this Saturday at 3.30. Number 11 in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. Down a spot, the Thundering Herd from Marshall. Yeah, the team that beat the Fighting Irish in Week 2. Marshall is now a 3-2 and two football team, and they did not exactly dominate Gardner-Webb. Last Saturday, the thundering herd a three touchdown win, twenty eight to seven. They have lost to Bowling Green. They have lost to Troy since beating the Fighting Irish. Coming up on October the twelfth, it will be Marshall taking on the Ragin' Cajuns from Louisiana. Number ten in the Notre Dame opponent rankings this week, up a spot. The four and one. UNLV running Rebels. Now, obviously, I'm not giving this football team a lot of respect. They have not exactly posted a lot of premier victories, but they're a much better football team from where they were last year, and one of the big reasons why their quarterback, Doug Brumfield, is having a really good season. Brumfield for UNLV, 1,223 yards, completing 70% of his throws, eight touchdowns, two picks. He has also ran for 142 yards with five rushing touchdowns. Last Saturday, UNLV beat New Mexico State 31-20. to Coming up on Friday, UNLV will take on San Jose State. Coming in at number nine in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings, This is a football team that just does not look like its former self. And this has been going on for a couple of years. I'm talking about the Stanford Cardinal. They fall from 7 to 9 this week. The Cardinal lost at Oregon 45 to 27. They were a 17-point underdog. They lost by 18. Oregon ran all over Stanford. Important for the Notre Dame game at Notre Dame Stadium. Oregon against Stanford, 37 carries, 351 yards, 9.5 yards per carry. They nearly picked up a first down every time they ran the football. They also had four rushing touchdowns against Stanford. Up next for the Cardinal, they're going to host Oregon State 11 o'clock kick Saturday night. Number eight in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings, the Boston College Eagles. Well, the Eagles actually had a very nice home win last Saturday. They were a home dog, but they knocked off Louisville in a wild contest, 34-33. Former Irish quarterback and B.C. signal caller Phil Jerkovic, 18 of 21. Well, he made the 18 completions to be very plentiful, 304 yards passing on 18 completions, three touchdown passes with an interception. How long will the BC momentum last? Well, they're a 20 and a half point underdog at home as they welcome the Clemson Tigers Saturday night at 7.30. Now to number seven in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. Coming in at number seven, it is the California Golden Bears, who the Irish had to outscore in the fourth quarter 10-0 to to turn back the Bears at Notre Dame Stadium a couple of weeks ago. California is now 3-2 as they lost for a second time this year. They lost at Washington State 28-9. California is idle this week, and they pretty much are guaranteed a victory On October the 15th, they will play at Winless Colorado. I think Colorado and Colorado State are both winless, both from the same state. Not good. So 12 through 7 in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. Navy is 12, then Marshall at 11, UNLV 10, Stanford 9, number 8 is BC, then you've got California at number 7. We move along to number 6. And that is the home of Mac Brown's North Carolina Tar Heels. The last time we spoke about North Carolina, we spoke about, my gosh, their defense is horrible. And their offense was held in check in the middle portion of the game by Notre Dame. Again, those late fourth quarter touchdowns just took some of the pizzazz out of that performance. But North Carolina bounced back. Last Saturday at home, they took care of Virginia Tech, 41-10. to After seeing Carolina's defense, Virginia Tech must have a bad offense. I hate to say that. It's not fair since I haven't really seen Virginia Tech this year. I'm just going to take a wild stab in the dark that maybe Virginia Tech is not one of the top 50 offenses in the country. Virginia Tech. In the ballgame, threw it 35 times, completing 20 passes for 174. No touchdowns with an interception. And remember how Notre Dame ran right through Carolina? The Hokies did not have the same success. 35 carries, 99 yards. Notre Dame went for 287. Hokies averaged 2.8 yards per carry with a rushing touchdown. So Carolina... You know what? Very nice win following the Notre Dame defeat. They beat Virginia Tech 41-10. to 10. Interesting game this week. North Carolina visiting the Miami Hurricanes at 4 o'clock. Next up in our Notre Dame opponent rankings, at number 5. They are one of four undefeated teams still on the Notre Dame schedule. And I'm talking about... The Syracuse Orange. Let's throw out last week's game. I think they were using a running clock last week as they hammered Wagner 59 to nothing. Previous week, they needed a last second field goal to beat Virginia 22 20. Syracuse will get a stern test this week. It'll be North Carolina State at Syracuse. The Wolfpack fresh off, being knocked off. At Clemson, it was number 10 against number five. The Wolfpack lost for the first time this year. They've got a really good quarterback. We'll see what Syracuse is made of this week. NC State at Syracuse 330 kickoff. Now we move up to number four in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. And that's where we find this week's opponent, the Cougars from Brigham Young University. Cougars again, in my estimation, looked a little flat last week against Utah State. Did not play well. I don't think they played well since beating Baylor. They got thumped by Oregon in Eugene. Wyoming's not a great team. Only beat them by 14. And the rival Utah State really pushed BYU deep into that ball game before the Cougars won 39-26. to Love Jared Hall, their quarterback. But I think the Irish are going to have some fun against that defense. So BYU at 4-1, number 4 in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. Now we move up to number 3, and that's where we find the USC Trojans. The men of Troy are 5-0. Oh. They faced a wounded Arizona State football team at the Coliseum last Saturday, I call them wounded because Arizona State's head coach Herm Edwards was fired on the field after losing to Eastern Michigan. Trojans took care of business beating the Sun Devils 42 to 25. In that ball game USC quarterback Caleb Williams, a Heisman hopeful, went 27 of 37 for 348 yards three touchdown passes with a pick. Williams also carried the football eight times for 44 yards and a rushing touchdown. The transfer from Pitt, maybe the best wide receiver in the country, Jordan Addison, had eight catches for 105 against Arizona State. Now, when USC played Stanford, that game was on the farm, Stanford lost, but they crushed the USC run defense for over 200 yards. That's important considering Notre Dame's commitment to running the football. So USC facing Arizona State. Arizona State couldn't run it. 29 carries for just 88 yards. Three yards for attempt. They had a couple of rushing touchdowns, but very little success Running the football. So up next for USC, a tricky game. This is a pretty good Washington State football team. Their win over Wisconsin doesn't look as good as it did a couple of weeks ago, considering who Wisconsin is now, but they do have a nice win over the Badgers. It'll be Washington State and USC, a 10-30 kickoff Saturday night. Coming up. In our Notre Dame opponent rankings, number two. And that belongs to the Clemson Tigers. Clemson had a primetime win in Death Valley over North Carolina State, 30 to 20. Their quarterback, DJU, 209 passing yards, 73 rushing yards. He's playing much better than he did the first couple of weeks when there was a thought he might get benched. Now he looks like the solid starter for Clemson. Clemson goes to Boston College, 7.30 kickoff in Chestnut Hill, Saturday night. So why do I have Clemson over USC? It's close, to be perfectly honest with you. The reason I've had Clemson ahead of USC was USC's run defense has not been very good. Now, Arizona State is not a powerhouse running team, so maybe that had more to do with the 29 carries for 88 yards and a big improvement by the USC run defense. You can't stop the run. You can't beat good football teams. Well, you can, but it makes it very, very difficult. And even though Clemson's secondary is pretty young, and that's a factor, I just feel like the inability to stop the run is a major concern for USC. So even though USC's offense I like better, Defensively, I like Clemson. In an era where offense is winning, I'm still going to take Clemson slightly over USC. And finally, this team has not moved since the preseason. They were my number one team in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, and they have not moved since. The Ohio State Buckeyes, who needed a late rally to beat the Irish at the Horseshoe in Week 1, a 21-10 victory over Notre Dame. They have crushed the opposition since they're five and zero with all five games in Columbus last week they let Rutgers take the lead for a moment final score Buckeyes 49 Scarlet Knights 10 the running game which came up big in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame ran right over Rutgers the Buckeyes known for their passing how about this 34 rushes for 252 yards, 7.4 yards per carry, five touchdowns. And oh, by the way, Ohio State scored 21 against Notre Dame since. They've scored 45, 77, 52, and 49. They're probably going to get into the 40s again. They'll play at a struggling Michigan State football team this Saturday at 4 o'clock. The star of the year is Mel Tucker's agent for getting that money before Michigan State went in the tank this year. Those 95 million bucks look pretty good right now in Mr. Tucker's contract. So there you go, the Notre Dame opponent rankings for this week. Again from six to one. At number six is four and one North Carolina. At number five, five and oh Syracuse, who again plays NC State this week. Big ACC matchup. Number four, this week's opponent, BYU, who is four and 4-1. The 5-0 oh USC Trojans sit at number three in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. The Clemson Tigers, who will be in town in just about a month, they're 5-0 oh at number two. And the Ohio State Buckeyes still, still reign supreme, in my eyes, among the Notre Dame opponents. The Buckeyes are 5-0, and, oh, and it might be a while before they are challenged so that's this week's notre dame football opponent rankings well coming up in a couple of moments we've got our sports wagering segment to get to it's all about thursday night football the one two and one indianapolis colts with matt ryan against the two and two denver broncos With Russell Wilson. Two of the weaker offensive teams in the NFL so far this year meeting on Thursday night football. Does that mean I go under 42 total points? Well, I'll tell you coming up in our next segment. Sports wagering conversation in our We Going to Sizzler segment is coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
0: Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler.
2: Final segment for Sports speed for this Thursday, October the 6th of 2022. Darren Pritchett with you. Marcus Freeman show coming up in just a couple of moments. Are we going to Sizzler? Sports wagering segment. I made four picks last night. None of those events occurred last night. It was my four picks for the Major League Baseball best of three wild card series. There are four series, two in each league. And last night on the program, I took the Mets to down the Padres. I'm going to take the Cardinals to turn back the Phillies. I think that's a three-game series. I think the Guardians will sweep Tampa Bay. And I like the Jays over the Mariners. I think that'll go three games as well. So Mets, Cardinals, Guardians, and Jays are my picks for the series that begin tomorrow. Now let's go through four suggestions for tonight based on tonight's Thursday night football game out in Denver between the Broncos and the Colts. Well, I'll say this up front. As someone that's been a diehard Bronco fan since I was a kid, I don't think I have gotten one Bronco game right this year in terms of the spread. I'm pretty sure I've got them all wrong. I thought Denver would upset the Raiders last week getting two and a half in Vegas. They stunk. They're bad. They're really bad. I thought the 49ers would beat Denver the week before. Denver beat them, kind of, 11 to 10. So I give you these picks with the knowledge that I've been lousy trying to figure out my own team this year. So definitely take these with a grain of salt based on the fact that Jonathan Taylor is out the way the Colts offensive line is played. I'm going to go ahead and go Broncos minus three and a half. It's double your money right now at plus 100. So I'm the underdog, but I'm going to say Denver. Although I'll tell you what folks, Neither one of these teams have scored a lot, so taking the points probably is pretty smart, but I'll be the dumb knucklehead and take my team minus 3.5. I'll also go ahead and just take the Broncos on the money line to win outright. I've got total points under 42 again. The prime time under has been the way to go so far this year. These two teams are combining for around 32 points a game. So under 42, I think is pretty likely. This could be a 20 to 17 type game. So I will go under 42 points at minus 110. And my fourth suggestion for tonight, Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. He's going to go over 234 and a half passing yards in the ballgame. I'm expecting Denver to show some signs of improvement in their passing game. I'm hoping they have to drive late in the first half to get into field goal range, which means you get a lot of those passing yards, those garbage passing